Welcome to Real Asian Podcast. We have a very special episode for you today. We have a Pauline Ang and Olivia Chen on the show today. They are the founders of Twirl Milk Tea. We wanted to highlight these two amazing entrepreneurs and share the story of how Twirl Milk Tea came to be. And of course, since we are a movie podcast, we'll be talking about some of our favorite movies with our esteemed guests here. Twirl Milk Tea is the better for you milk tea using ethically sourced organic tea and plant-based milk. It has low calories, low sugar, and it's ready to drink anytime, anywhere. Pauline, Olivia, welcome to the show. Thank you so, Thank much. You so much for having us. Alan, welcome to the show as well. Hi, you're on the hello, show as well. Hello. I didn't want to forget you, Alan. Awesome. I'm here. <laughs> uh, so I love how we met stories. And so I want to start there. Tell us how you two met and how your relationship has developed since. Well, Olivia and I met over 20 years ago, um, both out of our first jobs out of college. Um, we both went to Berkeley together, but we didn't know each other then. But we went to this amazing startup where I think almost everybody was from Berkeley. We were both in the marketing team. So we learned from the founder of that company there. He's now um, the CEO of Redfin, actually. Oh, so he was just an awesome mentor to us. And everybody was like in their early 20s. It was just like the beginning of the startup era. So we just all clicked and we've just all remained friends since then. It wasn't, it was one of those relationships where everyone kind of had the same goals and ideals and we all like clicked. So it was a really amazing place. Olivia, do you have a different version of that story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same version. I think what, has been amazing for Pauline and I is we we knew each other when we were single and um, we went through kind of our dating phases and then we got married and we had kids. Wow. Um, this dream of starting a food company actually was born actually even longer than before Twirl began. We had talked about doing a Lotus chip, uh, which is now, which, which at the time <laughs> when we thought about it, about I would say 12 years ago, Pauline, do you think? It was there was nothing on the market. There was no Asian fusion food right. or Asian inspired foods. And oh, interesting. Yeah, so that was it. Was really around that time that we had that first inkling because we're both we really both love food. We um, really connect on that front, and then we're both really into kind of health things that what our families and ourselves what we eat, and so we've always had that common dream. Yeah, and I think that was about the time I was in art school. Um, it was. Yeah, I was went to Berkeley and realized that my true calling was in design and branding. Ah. And I really focused on food and beverage packaging, which is how this, you know, which is why I ended up, you know, starting up a, a beverage company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I designed for many um food and beverage brands um at that time. And I believe when we talked about that lotus root chip, I was like in a packaging class and I was like, Olivia, we have to we have to come up with a snack or something. I know we can do this. And then we had kids and it kind of all went out the window. Yeah. I mean I remember we were doing market research. We were like going to the natural food section, seeing what was on the market. Mm -hmm. The really early stages when there was really nothing in like the Whole Foods. Um, but now when you go down these aisles, you'll see kind of this influx of just amazing products um like dang foods yeah, a lot of asian inspired snacks and drinks yeah a lot of asian food exactly that's really cool alan do you remember how we met I guess since we're born right <laughs> <laughs> i guess well we're family so uh i've known raymond since i've been alive so alan and i are actually cousins oh that's oh. so cool <laughs> that is cool yeah so that's how we know each other that is so <laughs> ever cool. since we were kids playing nintendo since we were, we were youngins. But 
Pauline, I mean, it's really cool. You So when you went to art school, was it, what kind of art was it? Was it a different, because I have to imagine your skills and your creative vision in art school translated easily over to design and branding. You just wanted to turn it into more of like a product design, correct? Exactly. Yeah. I When I was working for Plumtree, which is the startup that Olivia and I met at, there was a graphic designer there and I always wanted his job. <laughs> um, I basically asked him like, can you teach me how to use like Illustrator? <laughs> um, and um, I just realized, wow, I really enjoy this. And I wanted, I went to our school specifically to do graphic design and branding. Like I didn't really have interest in, you know, you can go into so many different things in design. Like you could do web, you could do book design, you could do yeah, so many things, but I specifically wanted packaging. I think just seeing that, 3D shape on the shelf, you know, that's something you designed just gave me so much satisfaction that um, I knew I wanted to do it. And it's just one of those things where I didn't even think I was like, yes, that's, that's what I wanted to do. I see. So that's kind of how, so the paradigm shift basically came from you worked in graphic design or design, and you both were thinking about creating this uh, Lotus chip snack idea. So how did that jump from that idea over to starting twirl I'm, I'm curious what was that what was that gap there yeah i mean there was quite a number of year gaps basically i got tired of working at an agency just because i wanted to design something i personally wanted to you know eat or drink and i was working for a lot of big brands and um I, i'm not gonna <laughs> I, w- I won't be naming them but um I was just thinking, you know, wouldn't it be great if I could just design something that I could produce and design and have it on the shelf and call it my own yeah. and that I would want to buy it by myself and I would feel good about buying it too because I wasn't like supporting, you know, a big corporation, and, mm-hmm. you know, just creating my own small business. You know, I was thinking, well, what do I love the most? I did love Lotus Root Chips, but that just seemed like too hard. And so what's my second love? Okay, boba milk tea. So, <laughs> um, so then, uh, Pauline, were you the one who came to Olivia? And said, "Hey, I have this idea. What do you think about milk tea?" Uh, or and and Olivia, how did you receive it? How did you how did you process that? What did you think of the idea when when that came to fruition? Well, so actually, we give credit everything, all the credit to Pauline actually, because Pauline created it, sourced it, figured out the formulation, and then when we kind of we well, we've kept in touch over the years, right? All you know, always gatherings and just meeting up because of that startup and then when we re-met up um she had launched it actually and then we met up maybe about four months after she launched and we started working on a project for twirl we taught we when we came together we were like oh it's been fantastic to work together and we have skill sets that really complement each other i think what pauline and i really have is is there's a lot of trust Mm -hmm. because we've been friends for a long time and then aesthetically, we have a lot of the same kind of sense in terms of like we're both visually more sensitive. So we vi- visuals are really important to us. That that shows through kind of in our Instagrams and our photography. That is kind of like how we became decided to kind of work together on Twirl to kind of bring it to the next level where we want it to kind of scale to a nationwide. And that's where my skill set comes in, where I have kind of that outward facing of marketing and sales. It's it's kind of one of those things that happened, I think, like due to the pandemic, really, mm. because um, that's sort of when Twirl came about was I basically developed this in 2020, when it was kind of like in a lockdown phase. Yes, we I did start selling, I think, uh, about almost a year now. 
um, February, but it was like a really soft launch. It wasn't even like, you know, no media blitz, like no, like, um, big splash on Instagram. Like I, I had like literally never had an Instagram account before then. And I just connected with Olivia, like, because she was in Taiwan and I was like, well, Olivia, let's hang out. And, you know, obviously gave her the jing to try. And we just clicked after that. It just sort of became like this natural thing. where like, oh yeah, it would be really great to work with each other. And we worked, I guess, over the 20 years after we both left Plumtree, we worked on a few different projects. That's true. You know, through the nonprofit work, through some things that I, when I was at the Wharton. And then regardless, we had always just stayed in touch, always over a meal. True. Always over food, always over really, really good food. If we had a chance like to re-meet up, you'd be like, okay, well, let's go to a restaurant. Let's go have some good food and mm-hmm. catch up. Right. And because when you're a mom, you find those outlets. And I think mm. a lot of Asian Americans, your, your, your listeners can relate. It's that's how you reconnect. Sure. Um, and that's how we've maintained our friendship over the years. And so now it's like coming kind of full circle that, you know, we're working on twirl together. And I think what Pauline and I really want, you know, everyone to, to, you know, feel, I guess, be excited about is we're really wanting to kind of revolutionize like the milk tea industry, Mm. the the ready to drink industry. Pauline and I talk a lot about the idea that, you know, Starbucks, you think of coffee latte, right? And then we talk about, well, Twirl is going to be the tea latte, you know, that milk tea is going to dominate. Yeah. And we start seeing that within kind of the proliferation of people walking around with like milk tea and boba teas. Um, you know, that's what they go to after school or they want a midnight snack. And so that's what we are really kind of just so excited about. You mentioned it a, a little bit already, Olivia. You talked about how you envisioned Twirl to be. I mean, milk tea was just like an Asian thing. I'm going to be quite honest. Like my first one was at Tapioca Express. And, <laughs> That's very uh, true. you know, it was all my Asian friends who who introduced it to me. And I thought it was great. And yeah, I didn't know that it was an Asian thing until I started hanging out with non-Asian people. I'm like, hey, do you guys want to go get milk tea? And they're like, what the heck is that? And I'm like, oh, you guys don't know what that is, you know, or boba and all that stuff. I really think I had my first like true boba milk tea at UC Berkeley. Like, oh, really? you know, because I was, I lived in Hawaii and it just didn't make it there yet, yeah. you know, when I was, you know, in high school. And then when I got to Berkeley, it was one of those places where, I was like, what is everyone drinking? And why does it look so good? I must have some. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I know. That's how I felt too. Everyone was like walking around my, my high school, like drinking this thing. I was like, what is that? Um, but now you see that it, we mentioned before, Asian inspired snacks are starting to hit big grocery stores and markets and they're starting to show up on in aisles. How do you see the milk tea industry changing in the future? I mean, to me, I feel like it's kind of a natural progression. I, like the rest of the world are tea drinkers. I think it's just the United States that is so that has such a big coffee culture. Mm. But I think a lot of people are actually wanting to get away from coffee because it does give you that like jittery energy that it's not the greatest. It also kind of upsets your stomach sometimes. And a lot of people, a lot of our customers are telling us that, yeah, I don't drink coffee. I don't drink tea. And so it's kind of like, you know, what's next? If like Starbucks you know, they already have some tea lattes, you know, it's maybe it's mostly matcha, but I think it's becoming mainstream now that tea is like the better energy boost. So I do think that milk tea 
is a little bit different because it has that Asian aspect, but I do think it is great for everyone. And I want everyone to try it because, and I don't think it should be limited to, you know, just the Asian community. You know, maybe the the outside of the Asian community is called a tea latte, and then we call it milk tea, but it's essentially the same thing. Right. And I think it's just a great drink that everybody should be able to enjoy and know about. Um, and that's what we're trying to do to tell people that, yes, this is a better coffee alternative and it's great for everyone to have. Yes, you can put, you know, 10 different toppings in there and make it like green and purple (laughs) um, and take Instagram photos of it. But at the end of the day, it's still, you know, what's in it and why it's better. And that's what we're all about. (laughs) I got to say the versatility of using Twirl that I've seen and read, I'm like, oh man, I got to try that. Some of the different recipe ideas. (laughs) Right. I thought it was just good on its own. And then I was reading, I was, you know, looking around, I was like, oh, you could make little mixes and cocktails with it. I mean, the, yeah. the, the possibilities are endless with it. Yeah. So I, so I'm developing a recipe, a new one. It's a boba tangyuan. Interesting. Um, you know, tangyuan is what you usually have at the last day of the Lunar New Year, the last kind of 15 day celebration. So we're going to do a boba tangyuan. And it's just like the hippest way to kind of close out the new year. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> wow i love it <laughs> have you heard of any alcoholic versions yes, actually that's... pauline's friend yes um we are we should publish that after giant Jan- yeah. <laughs> yeah she called it a hk milk teeny <laughs> okay that's actually pretty unique i love that yeah well i think we so one thing that we want to maybe we didn't highlight earlier is that um twirl is actually plant-based yeah. And so what that means is it's actually dairy-free and lactose-free. So that makes it super accessible to a lot of um, the population that actually cannot take dairy. And so what we love about that is why we created some of these recipes. One is we both love food and love like creating and baking and these outlets that allow us to kind of play with twirl. But then it also allows a population that really just can't have dairy that they can have something, something really easy that they can just pop open a can and pour um, instead of having to like brew a milk tea and like not know about the consistency, not know if it tastes like the right way. Well, our can is like pre-made, right? It's done in a professional factory. And so it makes it super, super fast and easy to make these recipes. Right. Yeah. And just the convenience of it, like sometimes you just have that milk tea craving, but you can't um, get out or you just don't want to spend like $7 getting a boba and you are just looking for something quick. So I think that's um, another reason why I created Twirl is just because I wanted some in my fridge at all times. And I couldn't, I couldn't find that, you know, something I could drink every day without feeling guilty about. Um, there was a great Bon Appetit article that came out um, that really kind of just talked about, you know, um, Doris who had, who hails from Taiwan. She was Miss Taiwanese America and she just loved it. And nice. she talked about kind of how it reminded her of her Taiwanese childhood there you go. and how she would just slurp, you know, milk tea during those hot summers when she was visiting family. Mm-hmm. And that I think Pauline and I both have those kind of memories. Mine is like, you know, I would spend, um, time in Taiwan, and then it's just the motherland of all bubble teas, right? Like every corner, oh, there yeah. is a bubble tea <laughs> shop. Yes, either family owned or a chain, like cocoa or shared tea. And so then there's like these like very like multi generation farms that like really really nuanced teas that are just create these amazing bubble teas. So when you kind of talked about having that become more mainstream and like what it's like in the U.S., 
Well, like in Taiwan, it's on every corner, yeah. right? And every, and it's the same in China, right? Like everywhere you go, there is a boba tea shop. It's so commonplace. I think it's more common than water. <laughs> and, and so I think in the U.S., you see that as well, right? Like I feel like the town I live in, there's like, I don't know, five or six boba shops. Mm-hmm. I have stopped, I stopped counting. And so that, I love that. I love that it's so commonplace. I asked my teenage, teenage son actually all about it. And he goes, it's, it's, it, he, he's just, that's what he knows, right? But that's not what I knew growing up. Yeah. And I think that's definitely not what Pauline knew growing up is that we didn't see those things. It was only when we went back to like Hong Kong or Taiwan or China where we would actually like, that was so normal. But here it's like, oh, it's such a special treat to go to someone like my son. It's the norm. It's the norm to him. It's a norm for us. And Alan, you know, usually after we eat really spicy hot pot, we'll make sure to go get milk tea right afterwards. To- yes. Exactly. Oh, best. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's so accessible. Uh, Olivia, quick question. So I, I obviously the macro trend shows that most folks uh, or the consumption of boba tea is starting to become more prevalent. One of the draws of milk tea, boba tea, is of course the boba aspect of it. Have you folks thought about incorporating that aspect into the drink in the future or what has the strategy been like at your company to uh, capture that kind of uh, taste? Yeah. So I mean, I think it's a great question. So a lot of times what we have found kind of when we do our market demos and our pop-ups and our in-person events is a lot of people, they like the aspect of the boba, but a lot of people also tell us they don't want the calories. They don't like that, that aspect. And so um, like while they want it, they actually don't want it. Right. And and so what we found is from our own preference of being able to have twirl every day is we like it without the boba. And, but we love to complement it with kind of ready to made boba that is out there as well. Right. So like that occasional treat, we definitely have, love people who pair with it. I occasionally pair with it as well, but kind of on an everyday level, we love just drinking it as is because it has that guilt-free feeling. Right. Um, because it's 45 calories, six grams of organic. You know, a typical boba drink is 250 to 300 calories. I don't even think that accounts for the boba side. And yeah. I don't know. Now, like now a lot of times, this, that's just going to be in my head when I go, if I ever go out to get <laughs> And 30 grams of sugar. Yeah. And 30, 30 grams plus. Like, as I'm about to you drink add. it, like, it depends boy, on what you know. add. Yeah. And, you know, we love the toppings. Like, I, we're not against it. No, not at, not at all. Yeah. Definitely. You know, it, it is changing, you know, especially in movies and TV shows. We're starting to see it break into pop culture. And I think to me, that is a sign when something within a culture starts being brought up in in, uh, in TV. I mean, the, the only thing that I could really think of at top of mind is uh, Cobra Kai. That's like a show on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but uh, they mentioned Milk Tea. And then I think another show called uh, Crazy, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is like a comedy musical. They also reference Milk Tea in there. For me, my thing is always, and this is how I feel about Vietnamese food, because I'm half Vietnamese, a little piece of me is always like, man, that's our thing. Like, I don't want that to be everyone else's kind of in a way, because I've always known how good it is, how good Vietnamese food is. Certainly, you two have probably always know, knew how great milk tea is. Do you share the same feeling, or are you more like, this is great, this is a sign of progress that the world is changing and ready to accept Taiwanese culture, Asian culture? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And I think Pauline and I have talked about this. And I what's really unique about what Toral milk tea represents is really an Asian American drink, a variation of that milk tea that 
hails from Asia. Yeah. Hails from our kind of our motherland where our parents are from. We're both actually, you know, children of immigrants. And what I love about twirl is that it's a combination of something that's from Asia, but then at the same time, you have a combination of you know, the better for you that's plant-based. So those are things that are very much like who we are as Asian Americans and as moms. And so that combination for me, it's, it's this beautiful combination that allows us to bring to everyone. I mentioned pop culture. I want to get into the the part of the show where we talk about movies. Let's do it. I first wanted to ask if you could share with us a movie or show that you think resonates most with Twirl. Okay. So the movie that I think resonates with me the most that I've seen recently would be the one that featured Ali Wong with that was called Always Be My Maybe. Oh, and the reason yes. I loved, love that movie, and I think you guys actually featured that on your recent podcast, yeah, our um, very which first I loved, episode. by the way. A little plug for you guys there. Oh, thank you. Thank and you. <laughs> um, the reason I loved it was because Ali Wong actually hired a, a chef to actually do a lot of the scenes with food because food was a really big part of her film. So, so I think you guys touched upon it, you know, where there was like that morning breakfast of soybean milk. Yeah. And um, the Korean and the Vietnamese. And there was actually a person on set that was her job to curate all those scenes and all those foods. We would love to actually have more of what's commonplace now with like young people and like just you guys and us is the milk tea. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not actually being shown in movies and in, you know, um, TV shows as much as you think it is considering how commonplace that you'll see it like on the streets of Paris, right. In the, in downtown San Francisco, everyone is walking around with a milk tea and we have a super funny story. There's a local supermarket, um, a chain that's actually pretty nice. And when we first kind of dropped off the samples, the manager, he wrote up to his higher ups is like, milk tea is hot. Mm-hmm. And we need to take twirl. <laughs> milk tea is hot right and i thought that was so funny because he's not asian american uh-huh. and i thought wow like he knows what that it's hot and so i'm wondering when is hollywood and going to take notice that milk tea is hot and incorporate this aspect of our lives into scenes that we can see on a screen yeah you know when are you gonna when are they gonna feature a boba tea shop owner yeah versus like a chinese restaurant owner right mm, that's a good point how about you pauline You know, I think a lot back to like my childhood and how, you know, I grew up and the influence my parents had on me. And I cannot like stop thinking, like the moment I saw that question, I just couldn't stop thinking about, you know, the TV series Fresh Off the Boat. Like to me, that just seems like so quintessential of a lot of us growing up in the United States where we had immigrant parents. I'm actually like first generation because I actually grew up in Hong Kong. I was born in Hong Kong and grew up in Hawaii. But like, I don't remember much because I came here so early. And, um, you know, my mom wasn't as tiger mom as, <laughs> as the character on the show. Yeah. You know, she kind of comes full circle at the end, you know, because the, the son on that show ends up, you know, she wanted him to go to Harvard, but he ended up being a culinary, you know, he wanted to go to culinary school. And it's kind of like my, yes, of course, my parents wanted me to go to Harvard. I, I didn't get in. Um, you know, Berkeley was acceptable for them. But, you know, I kind of went the other direction where like, well, yes, they wanted me to go to Haas and do business school. But then I kind of was like, no, I want to go to art school. 
I felt like that show was like, oh my gosh, like I, I wanted to do, my parents wanted me to do one thing. I ended up doing another one. I'm still super happy. They're happy. They're like really proud of me. You know, they tell their friends about Twirl all the time and they're like, you know, they're kind of like sampling to their friends as well. So they're like, oh yeah, we got someone to buy from the website today. Oh, I love this. <laughs> so um, it just kind of like, yes, our parents were hard on us and they all, you know, Asian parents, they all have those expectations. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like they were fine with me, you know, choosing something that I love doing. We should be able to do whatever we want. And I tell my kids all that time too, like, you don't, you can, you know, do what you love and then you'll be successful. Oh, I love That's this. Great. I wish my mom told me that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're telling you now. We're telling you now. You. <laughs> uh, you know, so Alan and I actually just recorded an episode where we talked about AAPI most impactful movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the, we, we tossed around a whole bunch of movies. And of course, we had to talk about some of the big movies, recent movies that, you know, Crazy Rich Asians and Shang-Chi, these huge Hollywood blockbusters that, you know, featuring majority, almost all Asian cast. Have you, have you, I have to just ask, I can't assume everyone, but I'm assuming you two have seen those two movies, yes? Yeah, when I saw Shang-Chi for the first time, like that, because I live in San Francisco, so like that bus scene was just, like after that scene, I was like, this is the best movie ever. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Um, I wish, you know, I, I think, I don't know if they actually filmed that, you know, I think it was made up of CGI and everything, but it looks so real. Yeah, they like constructed the bus in like the studio. Yeah, they like, actually did. Yeah, they did actually did have that uh, as a prop, and they drove a bus around that area. They did. They have a. They have a. They have a trailer for it. They have a uh, like a BTS right. for it. Yeah, yeah. I I do remember that, and um, just being in my hometown was like so awesome, and plus being an all Asian cast was so amazing, and and. Like it was like Asian Americans, not just you know Asians. So it just felt very like yeah, they were like at the Ritz Hotel, like being valets, and then yeah. <laughs> um, you know driving down California um, on this crazy bus fight. So it was just so cool to see that in action. So Toral does a lot with the API community, you know, because we're both Asian American. We're both actually very much care about representation, and so we both actually did buyouts. Mm. Um, for Shang-Chi. And so yes, we, awesome. we posted about how to do it. Um, we actually both did two buyouts. Wow. And we incur- we, I think we inspired a, f- a few other friends to do the buyouts to support the cast. And what was so fun was to be able to do these buyouts with friends and to watch it together. Um, and it wasn't just with Asians. It was with you know, a diverse background. And it was really fun to just be like, yeah, this is kind of a little bit of our culture but in a very accessible way and it's through a Marvel movie and to just kind of have that connection is, I don't know, it's, it's really inspiring. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and what I loved about Shang-Chi was that similar to crazy rich Asians, but it's really, you know, the, the cast is from a really diverse, funny group of individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when you've made it, when like the character becomes like a Lego, like yes, yeah, like my son actually received a Shang-Chi like dragon Lego set. And, you know, that's like true representation there when you've become Legoized. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I dream of um, Twirl becoming a Lego as well. Oh, yeah. A little, little like Twirl can. <laughs> because I grew up, I, I don't know, I grew up with any Legos. I was we can like, make it happen. That would, be really, that would be really cool. Uh, we talked about API representation in movies. 
Clearly, you two are at the forefront of AAPI representation in small businesses and just business ownership and entrepreneurship. I'm wondering if you could tell me if there's any kind of similarities uh, between the two industries or even just what inspires you most about seeing people that look like you on screen, but also seeing people that look like you uh, when you meet other entrepreneurs. Like, this is also what I'm doing. I'm creating this product. Well, I just think it's like our time. Mm. Um, I don't know how else to say it, but I think people finally realized, you know, all of this. And I think also a lot of it came out of, you know, what's been happening in the world and in the United States with, you know, the unfortunate things that have happened to Asian Americans that we are finally speaking out about it and showing everyone that, yes, like we can do, we can have the same kind of business and we can operate the same way and showcase, you know, things from our culture. And I think people are starting to realize realize that, especially Asian businesses. And I think people are finally deciding like, yes, I can do this. I see that, um, you know, there's a lot of Asian representation in the movies, like why not in business? Why not in food? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I think about businesses and kind of the traditional things that are especially in the Silicon Valley, you know, there's a lot of tech startups. And so there is a lot of Asian Americans that go into those industries. And then I, what happened when kind of the stop Asian hate um, that happened during the pandemic and Dave Liu wrote that really amazing article, that letter, and had a lot of kind of very prominent Asian Americans that were in many different fields from Zoom, you know, to a lot of different companies that signed. And then you realize, you know, Asian Box, the DoorDash, a lot of companies that we use on a daily basis, they're actually founded by Asian Americans. Yep. And so that is to me is really inspiring because I would say when I was looking at companies, it never even thought to me like, oh, maybe I would want to work for an Asian American founder or an Asian American company. It was just something that was not even something I considered. But I would say what I think Pauline and I really would love to strive is to be a Fortune 500 company that could be the fate. And that is where we want to you know, provide jobs and like be an inspiration to the kind of people and just be like, yeah, you can do this. A lot of times the grocery kind of food and bed world is actually very male dominated. And I would say not Asian. Um, we went to a distributor, Pauline and I drove to a distributor and we walked into this room and it was a room of middle-aged Caucasian men. And it was us two and, you know, we're presenting Twirl and see if they would take us out as a distributor. And it was, it was super interesting conversations that came out of that. Um, and I definitely felt like we were educating them about milk tea. We were educating about what Twirl meant. Did you have to like start really at the bare basics? You're like, okay, well, milk tea started in Taiwan. Taiwan's a country <laughs> right, in Asia. Yeah, like, well, this is I this. Mean, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I have to give them credit. I think that they're, because they're in the food industry, they see a lot of innovation. They definitely see a lot of innovation. And so they were really open to it. But I did feel that they were like, okay, well, we're going to, we'll have to still see if you'll be a good thing. Even though clearly boba tea is the next best thing. And then plant-based is also the next best thing. And so that was, so there was still a bit of education, but I think they're very open to new foods and new ideas. They just don't have any sense that you're going to be a success. Well, you know what, when you're on your way to become a fortune 500 company, those same people are going to give you a call and be like, Hey, do you remember? <laughs> exactly. Right. You're like, Oh yeah, I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. 
Well, Pauline, Olivia, I, I sincerely want to thank you for jumping on this pod with us today. You know, I'm, I'm really excited to see your business grow. Uh, I know, I, as I mentioned before, I know I'm going to have to re-up my fridge with some twirls. So I'm going to place an order real soon. Listeners, go check out Twirl Milk Tea now by going to their website, twirlmilktea.com. I'll put it in the show notes. You can get 15% off your order by using our, spe- our special code. Uh, that's REAL15. That's R-E-E-L-15. Tune in next time for another episode of Real Asian Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you.